Proclaim My Word in partnership with AM 1160 The Quest, Atlanta Catholic Radio, bring you the Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study. The purpose of this study is to help you live God's Word daily and help increase your faith and trust in Him. This show is made possible by listeners like you. To support Proclaim My Word, go to ProclaimMyWord.org and hit the Donate button. You'll also find the link to register for the current study and receive the study guide at ProclaimMyWord.org. Thank you for your generosity in helping us evangelize by spreading His Word. Welcome to the Bible study entitled God's Plan to Protect You, based on the letter to the Ephesians. I'm Linda, and I'm here with Carrie Allen, the founder of Proclaim My Word, a ministry dedicated to helping us know God's Word so all of us can live His Word and have the courage to proclaim His Word, just as the opening theme song encourages us to do. Carrie, before we begin our episode four and chapter four in Paul's letter to the Ephesians called Body Building for Christ, Will you lead us in the opening prayer that can be found on page three of the study guide? Sure, Linda. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I desire to know you, to love you, and to serve you. Always be with me, Lord. Open my heart to hear and live your word today and every day. Help me to keep your word forever in my heart, so my personal relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ, will grow even deeper. I pray for the wisdom and the courage to proclaim the gospel with confidence so others will be led to you and your gift of salvation. Let the light of my love for you be seen so others will be drawn to your love and mercy. May I have the wisdom to do your will and to follow you on earth as my Lord and Savior until I return to you. Thank you, Lord, for the many ways you continue to bless me and those I love. Prepare me for whatever the future may bring. Help me daily to walk by faith and not by sight, ever willing to proclaim your word and your marvelous deeds. Bless me with faith and courage to trust and obey you at all times. When I walk through dark valleys, give me the grace to know that you are always with me and always hear my prayers. Help me to persevere, Lord, as I wait with hope to spend eternity with you. My trust is in you, Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Carrie. Just a reminder, if you have downloaded the study guide, you can follow along with us as we go through each episode. It would be very helpful if you answer the questions in the study guide if you are able. You can meet with a small group, listen to the podcast, and then discuss the questions amongst your small group members. Others enjoy simply doing the Bible study on their own with the Holy Spirit. Your choice. As I mentioned, we are studying chapter four titled Bodybuilding for Christ. But first, Carrie, will you give us a brief recap about what we learned in our last episode? Sure. In our last episode called Let Christ Dwell in You, Paul is trying to help us understand the mystery of Christ that was made known to him. The mystery that you and I and everyone listening are co-heirs and co-partners in the promise of Jesus Christ. Not until Jesus came to save us did anyone know just how much we were part of God's plan from the very beginning. 
We weren't an afterthought just because Jesus was rejected by Israel. God took care of us from the very beginning, just as he is taking care of us right now. In the last episode, it also included some wonderful prayers, such as when Paul knelt down and prayed that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. When we let Christ dwell or live in us, we are safe. God is protecting us no matter what happens. He will never abandon us. We just have to trust him and let his son live in us. Psalm 119.11 also tells us why it's so important to hide his word in our heart. Because it will help keep us from sinning. As it says, in my heart, I treasure your promise that I may not sin against you. Paul also prayed that we will have inner strength to know the depth of Jesus' love for us and to have the strength to defeat the evil one. Our inner strength comes from letting Christ dwell in us. We need inner strength to do God's will for the benefit of others. As Paul says, everything that was given to him through God's grace was for our benefit. Thank you, Carrie. This leads us to episode four, chapter four in the letter to Ephesians called Bodybuilding for Christ. So from the prologue in your study guide, Paul writes of unity and oneness. He asks the Ephesians to walk worthy of their calling in the unity of the spirit. There is one body, spirit, Lord, faith, baptism, and one God above all, living in all. God has provided different ministries to build the body of Christ so the church will be uplifted in love until it achieves the stature of Christ. Their minds must be renewed in Christ, and they need to put on the new self that God created. Paul urges them to continue in the new man in true righteousness and holiness that God created and to be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God forgave them. And now, Carrie, will you take us through chapter four? Sure. In chapter four, Linda, because of what God has done for each one of us, Paul tells us how we are to live out the gospel message as one body in Christ for the benefit of others. So others have a chance to know Jesus Christ and hopefully be saved. Everything you've been given spiritually and materially has been given to you for the benefit of others. Even your suffering can be for the benefit of others. As we saw in the last chapter of Ephesians, Paul willingly suffered for you and me. So will we willingly suffer so others can be saved? Through God's grace, we've been given spiritual gifts, talents, and resources to help bring others into his kingdom. Not just your loved ones, but even those you don't know, and even those who may be your enemies. So the question is, how will you use your gifts to build the body of Christ? Well, first we're told that we have to use these gifts with humility, gentleness, patience, love, and peace. I don't know about you, but that's easier said than done, isn't it? (laughs) Patience isn't one of my virtues. I'm still working on not rolling my eyes when someone says something I don't like or don't agree with, and it's usually a family member. God wants us to be a living example that will lead others to him. 
He wants us to become more like his son, Jesus Christ. And that should be our goal in our daily lives, even when that means not rolling your eyes. You and I are the body of Christ. Because he dwells in us, the world should be able to see Christ in you. So much so that they want to ask how you can remain so calm, so hopeful, so peaceful, and so joyful. And you know what the answer is? Because I have faith. Because I trust in the Lord. And I know he is protecting me. So of whom or what should I be afraid? I remember once when I was flying somewhere, we had just taken off and were only in the air for a few minutes. When the captain came over the intercom and said that we were going to have to return to the airport due to some engine difficulty with the plane. Some people started to panic, thinking we were going to crash before landing. There was a college football team on the plane, and some of these strong, huge players started to panic. So much so that the flight attendant had to bring them paper bags to breathe into to calm them down. We finally returned to the airport. We were just waiting in the terminal for them to send another plane so we could take off. I remember just standing there in the terminal when a gentleman walked up to me, looked at the crucifix I was wearing and said, you weren't scared, were you? And I said, no, I wasn't. Then he said, you're Catholic, aren't you? And I said, yes. And he just nodded and walked away. I believe that was a moment when God's grace kept fear away from me, not only for my sake, but possibly to bring peace to that man and maybe others on the plane. We may never know what kind of influence our actions, our words, or even our appearance may have on someone, but God does. God doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to live with a peaceful heart, knowing and trusting that he is in control of everything. As Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? In other words, God is without a doubt for us. His will on earth as it is in heaven is what matters because he has done everything to save us. He has removed every obstacle, every threat to separate us from him. And he is protecting us from the world and from the enemy. But we have to do our part. God needs to come first in our lives, above all else and above everyone else, and everything in our life as well. All he asks of us is to believe in him and his son, desire to do his will, and to use the gifts he has given us to help others return to him. In other words, we are to be bodybuilders for Christ. Why? Because we are one body and one spirit, called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is over all. So God has given each one of us spiritual gifts, and he has given us the exact amount of grace that we need to use those gifts, no more and no less. He gave some to the apostles, some to the prophets, some to be priests, some to be teachers, some to be fathers and mothers, and I could go on and on. The point is, however he has asked you to use your gifts to build the kingdom of his son, he will give you the grace you need to do it. So each and every day, 
You want to use the amount of grace that he has given us for that day. In other words, at the end of the day, you don't want to leave any grace on the table, do you? Absolutely not, Carrie. No, of course not. Sometimes I pray and ask God to help me use all the gifts he has given me for that day. Have you ever thought what it would be like if the apostles didn't use the gifts that God gave them to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? As Paul says in verse 14, so that we may no longer be infants tossed by waves and swept along by every wind of teaching arising from human trickery from their cunning in the interest of deceitful scheming. In other words, we need each other. We all have different spiritual gifts. You have gifts I need, and I have gifts that you need. As C.S. Lewis said, the church is not a human society of people united by their natural affinities, but the body of Christ in which all members, however different, must share the common life complimenting and helping one another precisely by their differences. We are all different parts of the same body, the body of Christ. Every gift you have is needed right now to bring people back to the church, to help those who don't know the truth about who Jesus is and what he has done for them. We need the word of God, maybe more now than ever before, so others will know the truth and not what the world wants them or us to believe is the truth. Opinions will change, but the truth will never change. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 says, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but following their own desires and insatiable curiosity will accumulate teachers and will stop listening to the truth and will be diverted to myths. Well, I think we might be there. Is this the time Timothy was talking about? It certainly seems like it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. This is why we need to know the truth and share the truth, because so many people are replacing sound doctrine today for false teachings, half-truths, and feel-good faith that tickles their ears. Linda, what do you think might be some of the false teachings today that could be tickling people's ears that Timothy is talking about? That's a good question, Carrie. I think that it's easy to forget how priceless each and every person is in the eyes of God. We can easily fall into believing what the world says is valuable. And we forget the obvious, which is to view others as equal and to simply love our neighbors as ourselves. Right. In this chapter, Paul is telling us to live the truth in love. And speak the truth with love to help those who are being deceived, to help them out of the darkness and into the light of Christ. It takes moral courage to live in the world today, doesn't it? It takes courage to stand up and speak the truth, especially when Satan is trying to divide us and trying to get us to make compromises in our faith when faced with making right or wrong choices. Truth brings freedom, and Satan doesn't want us to be free. He wants us to be slaves to sin so we can end up where he is. The saying, misery loves company, is true, isn't it? In Ephesians 4.25, we are told to speak the truth with each one to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. But what if someone doesn't want to hear the truth? and prefers to stay in the dark and continues down the wrong path, 
then what? Then I believe we listen to the instruction in 1 John 3.18 that says, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. Of course, we would pray that their hearts and minds would be open to the truth of Jesus Christ, so they would someday believe in him and accept his gift of salvation. But until then, all you can do is continue to love them and show them by your love, by hoping and praying that they will see the light of Christ in you and want to know the truth. There are many choices today. But for me, one stands out above all, and that's truth. When we choose truth, we also choose life, life within and for Jesus Christ. Satan is trying to deceive and divide us, because when we are divided, we are weaker. And this is why Paul is stressing unity in the body of Christ. We are encouraged not to go back to our old self, B.C., before Christ, when we were easily deceived by our own desires. We are no longer that person. We have a new life in Christ, created in God's way and not the world's way. Because we've been transformed by Christ and have a new self, not only should our behavior be different, but the way we think should also be different. We need to think and act like Christ. If you want to please him, be like him. Now that's easier said than done, isn't it? I'm sure Christ heard a lot of things he didn't agree with when he was here on earth, but I'll bet he never rolled his eyes. (laughs) No one ever said being a Christian and following Christ would be easy. All we have to do is look at Paul's life and the lives of the other apostles who risked their lives for one reason only, so you and I could hear the truth and be saved. Colossians 3.10 says, Put on the new self, which is being renewed for knowledge in the image of its creator. You were created in God's image and in his way, which is righteousness and holiness of truth. Living and speaking the truth in love is being holy. It's not about feeling holy. My guess is you you probably will never feel holy until you get to heaven, and that's a good thing. Because we are made in God's image, we are holy, because he is holy. To be holy means to be set apart, and God has set us apart from the world so we could know his truth, live his truth, and proclaim his truth. And this is why it's so important to be in his word as we are now, because the word of God is truth. And it is the light that can pierce the darkness in the world and in our lives. And it can do that in any situation. At the end of chapter 4, Paul gives us new rules for our new life to live by. As a member of the body of Christ, we have to speak the truth to our neighbors and to each other. He goes on to list other new rules we need to live by, such as not staying angry. Because if we do, it can open the door, leaving room for Satan to enter our lives. Not stealing or taking what doesn't belong to us. That also means accurate expense accounts. Paying what we owe. You get the message. Paul also mentions not using foul language, but using words that are uplifting. Words that help build the body of Christ. 
And I would like to add to that the importance of not taking God's name in vain. To take someone's name in vain means that their name has no value. And we certainly know that's not true when it comes to God our Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Chapter 4 in Ephesians ends with what I believe is critical if you want to build the body of Christ, and that is forgiveness. We not only forgive for their sake, but for our sake. One of the worst things you can do is to hang on to anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. It affects not only you, but it also affects the body of Christ. I've heard good Christian people say, I will never forgive that person for what they did to me. Haven't we all at one time or another been hurt, deceived, abandoned, or even abused by someone? I know I have. A long time ago when I wasn't able to forgive someone, I would ask Jesus to forgive them for me until I was able to forgive them myself. I don't have to ask him to do that anymore. Actually, didn't he already do that when he nailed all my sins and yours to his cross? Not long ago, I wrote to someone who a long time ago I was good friends with. I was really hurt by something they did. And although they didn't ask me for forgiveness, I felt called to let them know that I did forgive them. They were so grateful as it had bothered them for a long time. For many years, they wanted to ask for my forgiveness, but didn't know how. The point is, you don't have to wait for someone to ask. Forgive them for their sake and yours. Forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself. Forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself. Don't leave this earth with any unforgiveness in your heart. While you're still here, you can help build the body of Christ by using the spiritual gifts that he has given you and by forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ. Lastly, ask yourself, are my choices or my actions helping to build the body of Christ or are they hurting the body of Christ? Thank you, Carrie. You made so many great points there. Make me think of so many things. The Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study, a partnership of Proclaim My Word and the Quest, will continue in moments on AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. This is Susan Milani from St. Catherine of Siena Catholic Church in Kennesaw, Georgia. You're listening to AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. And now we return to the Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study, a partnership of Proclaim My Word and AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. And now we have time to go into Proclaim My Word Unplugged. So this is the chance to ask you some questions that come to mind. And the first one I want to ask you, because we, St. Paul mentions baptism in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And you have seen a lot of baptisms mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. ran so many RCIA classes. Right. Um, so 
would you just tell us what exactly happens when someone's baptized? Like, what does that really mean? Because I think so many of us were baptized as infants. Mm -hmm. We don't remember Mm -hmm. it. But I think reading Ephesians, it's so important to go back to that, to remember Mm -hmm. that we're we're brought into the body of Christ through Mm -hmm. baptism. Well, baptism does a few things. The first thing it does is remove original sin. Next, it infuses us with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's really important to understand, that you have the same Holy Spirit in you that the apostles had over 2,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit doesn't weaken. <laughs> I think it just gets stronger. The next thing I think it, it helps us become aware of is that you've been chosen mm-hmm. from thousands of years ago, God chose you to be blessed, to be saved, to be baptized. And so that should make you feel pretty darn good knowing that he chose you personally Mm -hmm. to save you, to bless you. So you saying that makes me think, because I'm a godmother Mm -hmm. to several people. What do you have in terms of advice for godmothers, godfathers about because it's so important, baptism, and then our responsibility, our duty as a godparent. Well, I think your main duty is is to pray for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you pray for them that they will live the truth and that they will live in his will. Uh, other than that, you know, nice little gifts, mm-hmm. Christian gifts mm-hmm. here and there, but I think the biggest thing is to pray for them. Yeah, you saying about praying... I went recently to a confirmation, which is another time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it was a really great homily that the priest gave, but was a little sad because it said that, you know, lots of times the family comes for the baptism, then we don't see them again, you know, too much until confirmation, then we don't see them again. Somebody, he basically said to the people out at the mass that were beginning confirmed, we might say you till you're getting married. Right. So that prayer from that Godparent is important so that it's not up and down, up and down and interacting with the church, but right. it's more consistent, right? Absolutely, absolutely. The more uh, a child can receive the sacraments, the better, even though, and I understand what you're saying, that after confirmation, they do kind of lose interest until they get married <laughs> or until they die. Mm-hmm. Um, so that prayer is critical, mm-hmm. but at least they got the infusion of the Holy Spirit yeah. at both baptism and confirmation. So, and that will help them immensely through life mm-hmm. until they return. Yeah. Yeah. And I do agree with what you said too, of gifts and just rem- reminders or saying you're praying for them on the anniversary of the baptism. I think that's a wonderful thing. It wasn't until I came into the Catholic church that I realized that my date of my baptism what it was. And then every year since then, I remember it and it recalls that gift to me. So one thing I want to talk about too, was you had talked about, um, you, this whole chapter about building up the body of Christ. So, and, and Paul talks about two of us watching what we say, Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about gossip. Oh, gossip is tough, isn't it? Some people think that I've heard people, good Christians say, well, it's the truth. Mm. Isn't it? As long as it's the truth, isn't it okay? No, it's not. Mm -hmm. Just because it's the truth, it's still gossip. Yeah. So if it's not building someone up, then it must be tearing them down. Mm -hmm. 
And you have to ask yourself, would you say that statement? Would you make that statement in front of the person? And that should give you a clue whether it's gossip or not. Mm-hmm. Now you're right, because I always say people bring, when you interact with people, everyone either brings you on an up elevator or a down elevator. Exactly. You don't stand the same. You're either building or you're tearing down. So mm-hmm. make sure you're continue to build yeah and that's also to listen to the promptings of the holy spirit too absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. and sometimes the holy spirit will you know a lot of times i'll ask him uh you know lord if you want me to say something to this person then give me the words Mm -hmm. and sometimes he just zips my lips (laughs) and then sometimes he'll give me a word that i know didn't come from me Mm -hmm. but that's not about gossip that's just about expressing the truth or just keeping quiet. Yeah, everything we say has power. Has power. And Your words are powerful. Exactly, yeah. And in, in this new chapter, as we get into chapter four and five and six, it's like we go from more the the theory Paul talking about yeah, and to really actually, in the yeah, practicum of that's right. what living we need it. to. Yeah, living exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing, too, I want to ask, because I think it's so important and it always is a phenomenon in the spiritual walk, is fear. Right. Yeah, the fear is we always have opportunities that can make us fearful, be afraid. You can almost feel your energy in your body as soon as you hear a bad report or you see what you have a thought about what might be coming. How do you in the moment redirect that to God and take away that fear and live what he says to be not afraid? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, What I do immediately says, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm. Jesus, I trust in you. I believe God gave us the divine mercy through Sister Faustina because he knew how much fear there was going to be in the world, and he doesn't want us to live in fear. So two things I do, I say, uh, Jesus, I trust in you, and the other is I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. Mm-hmm. which I think that surrender is critical. So when fear grasps you, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. You say the surrender. I think that's just so great because I've noticed it in my life recently that when I have done that act of surrender, whether it be in my prayer or saying it out loud, Lord, I surrender it to you mm-hmm. or at mass. Like to mm-hmm. really, I think one thing that's, sometimes we forget is that we're giving ourselves as an offering too, right at mass. And we do that. I think that's like what really squelches the devil. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, the, the last thing he wants you to do is to surrender to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much great power in that. So another question I have for you is you had mentioned about that we should live a life that people look to us and ask, how can we be so joyful, so peaceful, so calm? So yeah. anything you want to share with that? Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hard. And I can't say that I uh, certainly don't do it 100% of the time. Um, but I think not getting angry, especially when someone dis- disagrees with you or you have different political views or religious views, trying to just love them and accept them for who they are. And that's not easy, especially in today's climate. Mm -hmm. But um, keeping quiet sometimes is one of the best things you can do to prevent an argument from ensuing. Um, Yeah, that's hard. 
That's mm-hmm. a tough question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I, I, but I think what you said too is sometimes not reacting. I think we're kind of conditioned to feel like we always have to have an answer, uh-huh. but sometimes we uh-huh. can let something be said and we can listen. Right. And we can even ask a question. Right. It's nothing wrong. So we can understand right. where that person's coming from because I think the whole thing in, in Ephesians is the unity. We want unity and if we're not communicating or if we're you know, getting ang- angry. Um, speaking of anger, don't let the anger set, the sunset right, right, on your anger. Yeah, yeah, that's an open door for Satan to come in. Mm-hmm. That's why it says in the Bible, don't go to bed at night mm-hmm. with any anger in your heart. So what do you do before you go to bed to make sure that you don't do that? Oh, I pray. <laughs> I, I say several prayers before I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes when I get up in the middle of the night, I'll, I'll start mm-hmm. praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet or going over my prayers. And uh, the St. Michael prayer is powerful, too. I yeah. Love, I love the St. Michael prayer. Yeah, me too. Me too. So one thing that has been working, I think it ties together now as we're going through this, is on the idea of gratitude. So oftentimes when I get down on my knees and say my evening prayers, my night prayers, and sometimes I'm so tired, but I feel like the most powerful I am is when I just stay in gratitude about the day. Right. right. And then I can even be gra- have being gratitude for the situation or the person that maybe right. caused some issue that day. Right. And sometimes I find myself laughing because it shows how worthless that concern I had was yeah. when I realized I love this person. This person is very important to me, maybe. And oh. maybe we had a disagreement or whatever. Um, so I think gratitude's another thing like surrender. Right. And gratitude, we're going to get into even more in the next podcast podcast about thanking God for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And that may seem impossible, but it's not. Yeah, good, good point. So um, different gifts, Mm -hmm. you had talked about different Mm -hmm. gifts that uh, people have and that we need each other. Uh, Why is it that we sometimes don't realize we think we're doing it all ourselves? Why don't we have a better kind of feeling about the fact that we need to see that everyone's bringing something Mm -hmm. to um, God's plan. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the first thing that comes to mind is control. Mm-hmm. We want to be in control. And um, that's one of my problems is, is control. And so I make lists of what I need to do, you know, and I forget to say, give that list to God. Mm. Give that list to God. And um, sometimes we don't ask what those gifts are. Yeah. You need to ask God, what are the gifts you've given me and how do you want me to use them? Mm-hmm. And are you doing that? Yeah. Are you doing that? And do you want the gifts? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get to heaven and have him say, why didn't you open all those gifts? I mean, I do want to get to heaven but, <laughs> um, and, and see a bunch of unopened gifts. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you open those gifts and you use them. Yeah. No, that's so true. It's, um, it is the control is the natural uh, natural. I know uh, one time I was talking to a priest and he gave me a great line, which just resonates almost every day with me. Uh-huh. I, I knew that I was supposed to talk to him after he gave me this. He said, make your default reaction love. Interesting. Mm. And I noticed right then, even the next day I was standing in line and there was, um, the line went into a place in this building. It wasn't supposed to go when the person working there was saying, no, you can't go there. And I heard everyone come up and kind of make fun that 
the person said this person, you know, you can't make the line go that way. And I realized like our default is not love. Uh-huh. Our default is being critical, being critical or being why, frustrated, angry. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. That's stupid. You know, with no idea that maybe we don't know why that rule exists. And I just, it was such like God gave me that moment, but uh, make the default response love. Right. I think one of the best places to learn that is standing in the line at a grocery store. (laughs) The one that says 10 items only. (laughs) And someone has 12 in front of you. And have you noticed that a lot of the grocery stores have taken those lines out? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because people would get so angry. Mm-hmm. But I used to have some of my best lessons in those lines yeah. and just praying for that person that had more items in the line than they should have had. Mm-hmm. I know it's so easy for us to, to yeah. survey. We just become right. like the judge right? and look around. Why is that person doing this? Why yeah. is that person? It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. That we, yeah. we, we are, we're so not that way with ourselves, right? <laughs> but right. we're that way with everybody else. Right. <laughs> So um, I wanted to also ask you about forgiveness because mm-hmm. that came up here. Mm-hmm. Um, forgiveness is something, again, that's hard, but it's also very powerful. Yeah, forgiveness is very difficult. Uh, like I said, I, I've known good people who said, I will never forgive that person and how sad that is because it's holding them back. You know, and the Lord says, you forgive, I'll forgive. Mm-hmm. Um we don't want to leave this earth with any unforgiveness in our hearts because it hurts us. Yeah. Now, we've already been hurt by the person once. Why be hurt again? So let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go and forgive. And, you know, if you can't do what I did and ask Jesus to do it for them until you're able to, mm-hmm. do it for me until I can do it. I want to do it. I just can't find the strength right now to do it. Help me, Lord. So... You saying that, it brings back a story for me that wasn't where the person does something to hurt me. It was more I had done something to hurt them. Oh. And it went way back. It went way back to when I was in high school. Uh-huh. And I always carried it with me. I just thought, I can't believe I was such, you know, I can't believe I was like that. And uh, But I was. And I always felt with one person I wanted to ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. and to apologize for what I did. And I never ran into the person or anything, but then it was within the last year. So we're talking a long time since then, years and years have gone by. I was on the phone with a relative and out of nowhere, the person was in the passenger seat of a car. So I was talking to on speakerphone and this person was reading the local newspaper and there was an obituary of someone. And the obituary was of the mutual friend of this person who I want to ask forgiveness for. And just by the timing, the thought, maybe we went to high school together. The relative brings this up to me and even mispronounced last name, but I went and looked, then went on to the website and it was all the digital Mm -hmm. condolences. Mm -hmm. And there was a condolence from the person who I had wanted to ask for forgiveness. And I knew that I knew that I knew that that was God saying, Here's your opportunity. Ask for forgiveness. Yes. Yes. And I did one search, found the phone number, sweat and bullets, (laughs) made the call and left the voicemail. And it was like, okay, God, I give it to you. And three days later, the phone rang and I saw 
it was that person. And we chatted for a while because it was a mutual friend. And then I just said, I need to ask your forgiveness. I really, I the things I did were just not good. And I want to let you know, I acknowledge them and I ask for your forgiveness. You could feel it on the phone between both of us. Wow. You could just feel. So, so I would say lots of times we focus on the forgiveness that other people, you know, right. for things they did to us. But maybe a good inventory is where have we done it? And there might not always be the opportunity. The person might have passed away, but that's where we can go to prayer. Right. Um, but in that case, it was so freeing for me. That's a great point, Linda. And if you don't know who you need to ask forgiveness from, then pray about it and ask the Lord to show you who do you need to go to. I know I have over the years received some letters from people mm-hmm. asking me to forgive them for things I have <laughs> didn't have a clue about what they did. And even in, when they reminded me, I didn't know what they were talking about, <laughs> but they were burdened by it. Mm-hmm. So they got in touch with me and, and asked for my forgiveness. And of course, uh, so that I think that's a great point, Linda. And if we're supposed to be converting our, you know, converting day by day. You know, right. our conversion is not to be a once in a lifetime event. Mm-hmm. So it's to be every day. Then we should see things God will bring to us will come to to light, and then we can act on that. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. um, have to trust God that the timing is, you know, right. But I knew. In that particular situation, yeah. <laughs> there were too many. I never should have even known that the mutual friend passed away. And the other benefit, which was a total Romans 828, was, do you know, I almost daily pray for that mutual friend who passed away. Oh, wow. And I thought, what a blessing that in her passing, immediately, within a week, there is a reconciliation, mm-hmm. forgiveness mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Right. God is good. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's it really awesome. was. So the Our Father prayer, right. um, because I think that's forgiveness. Uh, Absolutely, so important. How do you recommend people if they want to? If we know that this is the prayer Jesus gave us, so this He taught us to pray this, and we can it can get a little rote mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. mass or just mm-hmm. by habit. We know it familiarity. So. How do you recommend that people really get in to understand and feel our Father so it can move us every time we pray it? Well, it's interesting that the Our Father is called the perfect prayer that Jesus left us because, you know, I've always thought of that intellectually over the years, and you know that. But recently, I have been really looking at the Our Father and have become, uh, I've have had a deeper understanding of why it's called the perfect prayer. And I think it's uh, not only about the forgiveness, which is so critical, but in the very opening of the, the beginning of the prayer where it says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done is critical. Mm-hmm. Is critical for us to understand and will help us get through forgiveness fear, Mm. whatever we're going through, if we can continuously tell ourselves and believe, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, you may be going through a difficult time, and you may have lost a loved one, or you may be going through an illness or a financial crisis, whatever. It's, It's hard to say thy will be done. But the harder it is to say, 
I think the more powerful it is. Exactly. And the catechism has some great insight on the Our Father, so I would encourage you to look at the catechism of the Catholic Church. And there's a great book out that I've just finished reading, not an easy read, but a great read, called Thy Will Be Done by Daniel O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had read it a long time ago because it, it really helps you to understand how critical it is to not just to try to live his will, but to be his will mm-hmm. in everything you do and everything you say. I'm not there yet, but <laughs> um, I have really begun to understand in a deeper way how important that statement is. Thy will be done. Mm-hmm. I will be done. The other book, since you're mentioning a book, and what we talked about earlier is the the Diary of St. Faustina. Right. So the first time I read that book, it was really hard for me. It was right. you know, kind of a right. paragraph at a time, and it kind of blew me away, and then I put it down. It took a long time. Then I picked it up like a year or two later, and I remember that when I was like out doing errands, like things I had to do, I was like wanting to get home to read, and it was just flowing inside me and it's very direct because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. his communication with St. Faustina is very direct and Mm -hmm. it's very compelling, you know, in our lives as well. And um, that's another one that kind of gets us off of our center (laughs) a little bit, which is a good thing. Yeah. So um, one thing you also mentioned was about, you know, you're putting on a new self Mm -hmm. and, to me, that sounds like the virtues. Mm-hmm. The virtues play a lot in what to do, not to do, not to gossip, to to build up, to be bodybuilders for Christ. Talk a little bit about how we can kind of remember more the virtues, so that we can sort of be mm-hmm. that. Bo- do I guess? Mm-hmm. I, I guess since we're bodybuilding, do bodybuilding. The, yeah, we're doing the first muscle repetition. <laughs> Well, the first thing that comes to mind are actions, and uh, one of the best actions I can think of are acts of kindness. Mm. Think about what you can do during the day to be an act of kindness to somebody, especially maybe somebody you don't like, (laughs) or somebody that has has upset you, like a family member. And um, I used to to pray uh, about enemies and helping my enemies and getting back with them by praying for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so acts of kindness, I think, are, are critical. In teaching children to do little acts of kindness, I think that helps build a lot of virtue mm-hmm. because that that shows them Christ in you. Yeah, if You can be kind to me when I haven't been so nice to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You must know something I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's a. It's a definitely not a normally called a tool of evangelization. But right. when you, it is. yeah, when you live a certain life or something that's sort of incongruent with how the world normally acts, that does get people's attention. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, speaking of that, one thing, uh, another story is. It's kind of funny, but it came to me as you were going over the opening. Is years ago. I would say it was my only situation where I've really been very close with someone who professes to be a true atheist and had read everything, every religious book, including the whole Bible, and was very strong on it. And we uh, worked together many years ago, and I remember 
there was a lot of change going on and a lot of times to be stressful, so to speak. And I remember, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he asked, he goes, so can I ask you, how do you remain so calm and uh-huh. so peaceful? Uh-huh. I thought it was like a joke, like a setup. Right. And then I was like, uh... It's because of my faith. He's like, oh, my goodness. I stepped into that, didn't I? You know? (laughs) But I said, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. And I always knew that time over time, because he was such an inquisitive person, that that's where God sometimes moves us. And I always prayed that, you know, me being, you know, loving him where he is. You know, mm-hmm. even though we're different, mm-hmm. it's like he saw positive in me. I saw positive in him. And I always want to know, you know, kind of what happened to him because it was that example, though, that made him ask that question. So mm-hmm. what you said, I think mm-hmm. we don't want to discount the fact that we do always we're being noticed. You're definitely being noticed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whether you know it, know it or not. Know it or not. <laughs> somebody's watching you. If not the Lord, then somebody else. Mm-hmm. So what about the times when... Like my example, what I was like in high school or just every day, even now, you know, we, we stumble. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. the light of Christ mm-hmm. and we are seen. So if, we, if we're not so much, we do something that probably isn't a good example. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, then you need <laughs> to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> I'm sorry I uh, acted that way. Uh, will you forgive me? I'm having a bad day. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all have bad days. Mm-hmm. But um, again, just turning it over turn it over mm-hmm. as soon as possible right? as soon as possible yeah mm-hmm. and getting back to those uh, people in the grocery line <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean how many times have you seen somebody behind you with two items and you've got a bushel full mm-hmm. you know a basket full mm-hmm. and of course I- i'm sure you've all done this uh, you let the person go ahead of you mm-hmm. right yeah. That's an act of kindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read something the other day from a friend who said she did that at the grocery store. Someone just had a couple of items, and she said, you go ahead of me. And the woman did. And when my friend went to check out, uh, the person that she let go ahead of them left $20 to go against her groceries. Wow. Wasn't that awesome? It's like saying, thank you. Yeah, that is. Thank you for your kindness. She's farther ahead than me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think about when I am on uh, on the road and I let someone in. I, right. I sometimes I do that. I do it faithfully, so I got that part down. But if they don't wave to me, oh yes, I know. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I did that. I shouldn't have let you in if you're not going to thank me, right? <laughs> Isn't that so crazy is that it, our it mind thinks that way? It is. Crazy. So now you know what I try to do. I try not to look. So if they wave, <laughs> they wave. If they don't, I don't know it. And I just try to let that go and then give that to the Lord. That's and good. Because it's, that's the one thing I think I, I definitely take from this is that we don't want to be too quick to speak and do the wrong things, but we don't want to be too delayed right? when we know that forgive, unforgiveness is kind of attaching itself to us, you know, right. in a situation or we know we've done something that wasn't really kind or nice or um, building up people. Right. Um, then we want to be quick to recognize that and to move on and to recenter towards Christ. Absolutely. And that's where those little acts of kindness, and I'm talking about little things. You can do little things to build the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. As long as you're being fruitful and you're using your gifts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just on that, so asking for his will, to know his will, you mentioned with the 
our Father, mm-hmm. ask His will. Why is that so important for us to do that, even though we can do acts of kindness? I mean, any, mm-hmm. anyone can do acts of kindness, but how do we do that so we always keep kind of focused on, on Christ? Well, first of all, you have to keep, I keep saying it to myself, thy will be done, thy will be done. And I know that when I'm not in a control mm-hmm. mode, that his will is so much more important and so much more accurate than mine Mm -hmm. that how could I not want his will? Yeah. How could I not want his will? Mm -hmm. And whatever his will is, it is to get me to heaven. It is to get me to spend eternity with him. My will's not. (laughs) My will is focusing on, on how to spend time here on earth in a way that makes me happy. Yeah. And um, sometimes giving up things that you like, you know, mm-hmm. give up a few things, a cup of coffee or a Coke or whatever, and, and try to give it to him and say, your will be done, your will be done. Mm-hmm. And just offering little sacrifices during the day. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we are given countless ones of those to do. Absolutely. And we, it is... You know, the surrender, the forgiveness, the offering up are all very powerful things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to just really grasp on that grace in our lives. Right. So that is um, wonderful, wonderful advice, Carrie. So um, as we get to the end um, of this session, I wanted to see if you would be able to lead us in the closing prayer. Sure, I'd be happy It's on to. page five of chapter four. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I thank you for the spiritual gifts you have given me, and I pray for the wisdom and knowledge to know how best to use these gifts to benefit the church and to help build the body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Give me the courage and the strength to live without fear, being willing to speak the truth with love, so I may help lead others to you. Protect me, Lord, from the false teachings of the evil one. Keep me and those I love close to your heart, so we may never stray from you or your holy church. Lord, renew my mind. Help me every day to put on my new self by being kind, compassionate, and forgiving as you have forgiven me through Jesus Christ. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, join Carrie me next time as we continue to hear about God's plan to protect and save us. Our next episode is episode five, chapter five, in the letter to the Ephesians called Know Him to Imitate Him. It's not too late to download the study guide if you haven't already. And it's also not too late to invite a friend or even an enemy to join you in this study. Until our next episode, remember, you are a bodybuilder for Christ. So how will you use the spiritual gifts God has given you to share the truth found in his word? And for their sake and yours, don't leave this earth with any unforgiveness in your heart. Remember, forgiveness is a gift you give yourself.
This has been the Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study, a partnership of Proclaim My Word and AM 1160 The Quest. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting Proclaim My Word. Just go to ProclaimMyWord.org and hit the donate button. You'll also find the link to register for the current study and receive the study guide at ProclaimMyWord.org. Thank you for your generosity in helping us evangelize by spreading His Word. This has been a production of AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio.